Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. You are Locked On Mavericks. Your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team. Every day. This is going to be huge. Welcome. You are Locked On, the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com. And it's just me flying solo today. A little bit later in the podcast, I will be joined by Matt Wynn. He is a physical therapist that's going to talk to us about Seth Curry's injury. Pretty interesting. Got to talk to him about it. Just give us a little more information than Isaac and I can bring because we are not experts in injuries. We are experts in other things. Like uh, what got brought up in our AMA was coons, which is raccoons, raccoons, some people call them. We are experts in that, but we are not experts in the human body. So we will leave that to Matt. We'll talk to him a little bit later. Uh, but I wanted to just go through some of the questions from my Reddit AMA. It is still open right now. You guys can go and, and check it out on, on Mavs Reddit. You can go ahead and uh, ask some more questions. I'll still answer them as long as people post stuff on there. I'm assuming it'll slow down now, but I'll keep answering questions. I'll continue to answer those. Got a lot of really good questions. Guys, thank you so much for all of you that went and asked questions for my AMA. I was very nervous that an AMA would be posted and I would get like one question and it would be from Isaac. <laughs> And then it would just look like, you know, I had no business being there. So I just really appreciate you guys going there. Everybody that did asking questions, got some really good ones too. So I just wanted to bring them up on the podcast for those that are not guys that go on Reddit or people that do that. Uh, I know that there's a lot of people that don't like Reddit. And so I wanted to make that available for you just in, you know, answer some of these questions. And there are some good questions. So I just wanted to bring that up. Uh, the first one was was really good, and these are not in, in chronological order. These are just in you know whatever order Reddit puts them in right now. What have you? This is from the Silent Killer, so K E L L A R, the Silent Killer. What have you seen between Rick and Dennis Smith Jr. that has led Rick to divert from his usual distrust of rookies? Was it just where he was selected, or has DSJ shown something? That's a great question because you know it's a question that everybody asks. It's a question that Isaac and I talked about. Even before the draft, we said, what is it going to take for a rookie that is drafted this high, higher than the Mavericks have drafted since, you know, the Dirk father himself? What would it take for Carlisle to either trust this guy or for this guy to come in and actually make an impact? And the answer that I gave was he he flew his own plane. Rick Carlisle flew his own plane down and visited Dennis Smith Jr. in his hometown of Fayetteville, went around the neighborhood, you know, saw all the places where Dennis grew up. And I think that was very important to Rick Carlisle. He said that on media day. It was really important for him to go down there, see where Dennis Smith Jr. is from, see his stomping ground, see where he played high school basketball, you know, see where he dunked for the first time, you know, and all that stuff. Uh, he did that also with Harrison Barnes last offseason. And I don't think that there's been a rookie that has mattered as much as Dennis Smith Jr. And Carlisle definitely knows that. He understands that this is a guy that wants, you know, is going to be the face of the franchise that is going to be at least poised to do that. I don't know if he's going to be good enough to do that. We just don't know. I would like him to be. I think he's going to be. I just don't know if he's going to be that good to become the face of the franchise at this point. But Carlisle knows his importance. And so Carlisle, you know, knowing that 
went down, visited him. He spent time with him. He's, you know, put a lot of confidence behind him, said that, you know, projected him as the starter from day one. That to me, we've, we've mentioned it so many times because it's so important that he just, that Carlisle stepped up on the stand, not even questioned, not even, you know, not even poked, prodded, nothing like not even given a, you know, introduction or anything. He just said, at this point, I would project Dennis Smith Jr. as our starter. That was on draft night. That was before he even talked to him in person. That was the story where Carlisle, you know, had to go out and buy an iPhone so that he could FaceTime Dennis Smith Jr. That is the only real interaction he had with him besides watching his tape. So at that point, he knew enough. And so I think that this organization just knows. And I think Carlisle is, you know, he's in on it. He's bought into this organization. He's got so much invested that it's it's a pretty cohesive front office and, you know, and coaching staff right now. And I've talked about the, you know, the front office and coaching staff and how I think that they're, you know, they're maligned unfairly because they're, they're a very cohesive front office. You look at all the other front offices in the NBA right now, and they're, the Mavericks are an envy for a lot of teams, a lot of teams that have this dysfunction that's going on right now. All right, that was the first. That was one of the first questions. The next one was, who are the best and worst Mavs Moneyball members? I've heard Doyle is cool, and that came from Dan Speak underscore. So I just decided to throw them out there, and I just said, in order, me, Rebecca, Kate, Bailey, Bryce, Ian, Sam, Jordan, the one from Australia, Dalton, Josh, Kirk, Tim Cato, who is gone, Isaac, who's not even on the site, then Doyle. It's hilarious that the first time I did this, I left Dalton out. I thought that was kind of funny that I left him out because we have written on two sites together. I've never met him in person, but I just thought that was really funny that I left Dalton out. That was just sort of a hilarious take on the people from the site that I have barely known. I've met probably two of them in person, Doyle and Josh. The other ones I have not met in person. I've met a couple of them on Skype, but also Dan Speak is the one from Australia. So I just wanted to wanted to uh, poke him a little bit of there. The next question was from Dalton underscore Trig, ironically, who is Dalton from Maps Moneyball. Potentially Isaac moonlighting as Dalton underscore Trig on Reddit, but I don't know if Isaac is savvy enough to make a Reddit with Dalton's full name and ask a question like this. He said, Nick, please tell us more about how Clavel is the next Iverson. I actually do think this is Isaac now that I see this because that's the way Isaac talks to me. Nick. Please tell us more about how Clavel is the next Iverson. <laughs> you, just, that, could just, you can just hear him in that accent. If you're a listener of this podcast, you can just hear his accent in that question. So my answer to that was the difference between, you know, tell us more about how Clavel is the next Iverson. Cornrows, he did a crossover once. Pretty sure he's touched a football, maybe in a different sport. Football, Allen Iverson played football. Jan Clavel, I'm sure, has played soccer, called it football good joke on my part this is bad i'm trying to explain some of my jokes so i'll just leave some of the jokes at that point uh clavel and iverson are not the same it's just not even true we've talked about it so much but i'm glad that the jiverson name is catching on and i'm glad that he's gonna be sticking around for a while and i'm glad that he's the two-way spot isaac is not on here with me to for me to gloat so i will just gloat for all of you john clavel has you know has something <laughs> and i'm so glad that he's on the roster and uh, going to be on that two-way spot. I'm glad him and Motley, that's a good pairing. Isaac and I have talked about how we really wanted two different guys in those that those two-way spots so we can get some diversity, not just two bigs. You know, We already have a bunch of bigs that are still left on the roster, which Isaac and I will definitely go over that, why we have so many bigs still left on the roster. Because as the roster stands right now, it goes, uh, let's see if I can pull this up here real quick. The roster, as it is right now, Dirk, Harrison Barnes, Wes Matthews, 
Dwight Powell, Josh McRoberts, Devin Harris, Dennis Smith Jr., J.J. Barea, Seth Curry, Yogi Ferrell, Dorian Finney-Smith, Nerlens Noel, Salah Mejri, Jeff Withy, Maxi Kleber, and then the two-way guys. That's your roster, and that's a bunch of bigs right there. Those last four names that I mentioned are all probably centers. Kleber can definitely play some four. You know, Noel, I guess, can slide between four, but he's most likely going to play five most of the time. Noel, Mejri, you know, Withy, and Kleber. I mean, <laughs> that's that's a lot of bigs right there. So that's what that's what the roster is right now. And I'm just glad Clavel is, is on it. It's going to be part of it. I'm excited to do some stories with him going forward. What are, the next question is from Pilky Pilk with P, Pilky. I don't know. It has two eyes. P i i l k y p i l k. I have no idea what that says. Tweet me if you know what that says. What are your thoughts on Harrison Barnes and his potential for growth going forward? He's starting to enter his prime in quotes years now that he's 25 it's realistic to think he could is it realistic to think he could take it up a level or has he reached his ceiling as an 18 to 20 points per game iso player i've written two pretty long pieces on um two pretty long pieces on on harrison barnes i wrote about you know the one thing that can make harrison barnes a playmaker and i've also wrote about you know harrison barnes can take another step go read those on mavs moneyball those are you know pieces that i put a lot of time into that you know, kind of lays out what I think about Harrison Barnes. He definitely has another level. There's definitely something else he can do. Uh, I think that that Harrison Barnes is. Uh, I explained it a little bit later in the AMA. So let me see if I can find that one. Um, Harrison Barnes to me is like when your mom, your girlfriend, your significant other, or something says to you, you know, go clean up your room, <laughs> and so. You go and you clean up your room, and most of the, most of the dirtiness, as it probably is with a lot of us, is just like your floor is just covered in clothes. I don't know if that's what you guys have, but I have that a lot. I don't know why it's so hard for, sometimes to just put it in the hamper, but you just you have to go and you, you know put it in the hamper, and so you go you go do that. You round up all the clothes, you take all your clothes, and you throw it in the hamper, and then your mom, girlfriend, significant other, whoever comes in and says well, you didn't really clean your room. You have to do your laundry. Now, that's not exactly what you asked. Cleaning your room, your clothes are in your room. It's kind of part of it. It counts. But that's not what you were asked to do. Harrison Barnes last year was asked to take this offense, go to the next level, and everybody said, you know, he's not a guy that can, you know, make his own shot off the dribble. He's not a guy that can create his own offense. Now, he went out and did that to the tune of 18 to 20 points per game, which he, you know, teetered between throughout the entire you know, throughout the entire season. And now we're like, no, now he's got to actually do it in a different way. He's got to create for others and play make and all this stuff. And now it's like, okay, it'll just take time. Like your laundry, you know, you clean your room, you do all that stuff. It'll just take more time if you want the laundry done as well. And I think that's what we're talking about with Harrison Barnes. Uh, the next question is from underscore Ash. I, 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 but one of the eyes is lowercase in the middle. I'm not sure. He said, thoughts on Maxi Kleber? This is actually the first question, so shout out to you. Besides a bot, you were the first one to, to reach the Reddit AMA for me. Uh, I love Maxi Kleber's jumper. I think that it, you know it's great. I think that he's a guy that can really stretch the floor. He's got other aspects of his game he really needs to work on, like defense. Uh, I'm not sure if he's going to be able to you know, be a good rim protector. I think he has the ability to because we've seen it in some of his highlight tapes and some of the things overseas. Just not sure I've seen enough about him, seen enough from him playing against NBA players. The other thing I've talked about on this podcast is his perfect English caught me off guard. I just didn't didn't expect that. I also didn't expect it to, you know, how uh, engaging he was just looking me in the eyes, you know, talking to me as a person. 
I just really appreciated that as a human. So Maxi Kleber, I'm, I'm behind him. John and Maxi, those are my two guys. Dorian's also another one of my guys that you know I'm just for all the way. I think that they're good basketball players. They've got a spot on this team, and I'm glad they're sticking around. Next question from Huds5321. What do you think Nerlens is feeling about the Mavericks after his contract talks earlier this year? Any potential resentment? Would he be open to re-signing? I don't know if I would call what Nerlens Noel has resentment. It's definitely not the best thing. I mean, he's definitely not all smiles and commitment. He's definitely not jumping on the chance to commit to the Mavericks right now. I think that that relationship can be massaged. And Isaac has said, you know, he thinks that it's done at this point and that he's a little more pessimistic, which is hilarious because usually I'm more pessimistic and he's more optimistic about things. But in this case, I feel like there's a way because he's going to get to the offseason. There's not going to be money around the league. The Mavericks going to be able to offer the most amount of money uh, and not in the way that Isaac says. Isaac says that, you know, we, the Mavericks are only able to offer him the most money if they're maxing him out because that's, that's true. They are able to do that. However, I don't think it'll get to that point, but the Mavericks are still able to offer the most money other than I think Atlanta is the other team that has more money than the Mavericks going into the offseason. So that's potential for them if they want to do that. Uh, there's obviously tons more things going forward. The next question is from JM Dallas 13. This was the question about the Coons, the Raccoons. What's up with the lack of Coon discussions on uh, your recent podcasts? The next question under that was a reply that said, someone's going to take this out of context, but laughing my butt off, 10 out of 10 reference. He really enjoyed that. That was from RPS215, which is one of the mods on Mavs Moneyball, or not Mavs Moneyball, on the uh, Mavs subreddit. Thanks so much for him for setting this up. And so, uh, yes, taking it out of context, definitely someone did that. And that person was my wife. Uh, I met up before I started answering the questions for the AMA. I had been receiving all the questions, you know, as push notifications to my phone. So I've been just looking at them. I hadn't, I stayed true to not answer any of them until, you know, I was off work and stuff, but it's hard not to just look at your phone all the time. So I read some of them and one of them was the, you know, the question about Coons and my wife at dinner when I met her, met her at a Campuzano's, which is a good Mexican restaurant, kind of a chain. It's, it's spread to a couple restaurants now, but it's a good Mexican restaurant place downtown met up with her. And she said very quietly and almost whispered to me and looked at me across the table and said, so I was looking at your AMA and she had already said that, you know, she was proud of me for an AMA, blah, 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 all this stuff. She was excited for me. Then she said, I was looking at your AMA and um, somebody was talking about coons. I, I don't know if they know what that means, but I just, I'm not sure. Like, do, do you know that, did, do you got, do you know that you're talking about racial slurs on your podcast? <laughs> it just made me laugh really hard. Just thinking about me and Isaac talking about that. Uh, but so no, I, I cleared it up right away, and I said no. You know, we we know that we were talking about raccoons, and we said coons, and you know, some people are taking that out of context, but we were really just talking about the animal, rac- you know, raccoons, and so then it just became this inside joke on our podcast, and so. Uh, but what happened with the raccoons? Isaac Isaac shot it in the face with a BB gun, so I I don't think they came back. If they did, Isaac has these pear trees in his backyard. They could come back and you know swarm it, but. I'm pretty sure the coons are gone. I'm pretty sure the raccoons are are not wanting to mess with Isaac anymore. One of the next questions was about our uh, Western Conference and how we think it's gonna you know you know work out. And 
we talked about on the last podcast, we gave our whole playoffs and everything. We gave all of our predictions and that and the seedings. So you can go check out that from yesterday's podcast. But the next part of the question was, uh, could the Mavericks reasonably make a play for the playoffs? Because this guy was asking, this is uh, Alec Dans. He says, will the Mavericks chemistry and very similar roster give them an edge because of all the shuffling, you know, on, on the other, these other teams and pl- players moving around. Could the Mavericks reasonably make a play for a playoff spot this season? Alec, my answer to you is heck no. No, there is not a chance that the Mavericks could make a run for the playoffs. If there is, I will be I will be grateful to be wrong about this. But it would take a lot of injuries. It would take a lot of worst-case scenarios for a lot of these teams for the Mavericks to end up in the playoffs. I think that I think there are a lot of teams that have added a lot of talent. Minnesota is one that was, you know, barely better than the Mavericks last year, but they added a whole bunch of talent. They're going to be better. They might not be as good as Isaac thinks they're going to be. I've talked about Isaac way too much on this podcast. I don't think they're going to be that good, whether, you know, fourth or even third or second in the West, as some people say, but they are going to be a lot better. And then there's a lot of other teams that just have way more talent. I mean, look at the Pelicans. We talk about how the Pelicans have, you know, this lack of depth and they don't have any threes and, you know, they don't have this. They still have two of the best, you know, probably the two of the 10 best players in the NBA. I mean, that's just insane. And the fact that they're, you know, bigs and they're not necessarily guards. If they were a wing and a guard and they had the rest of that roster, I feel like we would look at the Pelicans a lot, you know, we would look at them differently. But they still have a ton of talent and they're going to be super hard for the Mavericks to play against them. And I just don't think there's a chance to look at them, you know, for the Mavericks to make the playoffs. And I think if you're a person sitting around and like, man, if the Mavericks don't make the playoffs, I'm going to be upset. You need to look at this season a little differently. This season is going to be like last season, but there's something else there. That hope that everybody put their, you know, the hope that everybody pushed towards the lottery and pushed towards the draft last year, you can do that again. But there's also something tangible in Dennis Smith Jr. that you can look at. And tangible also in Motley and John Clavel and, you know, some of these other guys, you can actually push your hope towards and actually watch these guys and enjoy them, you know, enjoy them growing up because. If you guys are old enough to know what it was like, you know, to see Dirk growing up and to see Dirk, you know, learn and grow in this league and I'm not I'm not old enough to, you know, to remember that kind of stuff. I was let's see, I was 6 years old when Dirk was drafted, so I don't necessarily remember that. I also didn't live in Dallas at the time, but it takes a long time for, you know, for it to grow into something that is, you know, playoff pushing and contending again. And this is just the rebuilding time. So enjoy these young players. Look at it as a rebuilding. Look at it as a resetting of this roster. And the this season's going to be a lot more enjoyable for you if you're not just like hoping in the playoffs and that's it. The next question was from German Moses 17. What are the chances we move West Matthews at the deadline? And if you say slim initially, then is there anything sweet that you would make our free agent you know, our front office consider mid first round from a friend Eastern conference playoff team. I think that if you get a first round pick for West Matthews and you do not give it up, if you do not give West Matthews up, if you're being offered a first round pick, that is a big mistake. I think you really need to think about that and actually do that. Uh, I think this organization is also committed to West Matthews, but a first rounder would definitely make them think it would make me think not very long, but I think it would make the Mavericks think about it for sure. So, um, the question. The next question is, um, do you think Dirk is going to pass Wilt all time? I think definitely. I think he's going to. But this guy was a J Po seventeen ninety six. He said, "And what do you think his stat line will be?" My guess is seventeen eight and three. Oof, man. 
Seventeen, eight, and three is a is a hefty stat line for Dirk Nowitzki. As you know, our board bets say, I think that he's it's going to be lower. You know, on in the stat line for Dirk, I think that he will average probably about fifteen points, but I think his rebounds are going to be lower, probably about six, maybe five rebounds a game. I just think he's not going to be out there to get enough rebounds, but the scoring will be there. He's going to get a ton of open shots. We saw this in preseason. His threes are definitely going down. He's getting more open shots. It's crazy to me that Dirk is still getting open shots, but I think more of a stat line, like maybe a 14 and a half with five rebounds and, you know, maybe assist or two assists or something like that. So that's kind of what I think. I don't like to guess stat lines, but that that would be my guess if I have to. Next question from Huds5321. He said, what are your, I think I already answered a question from this guy, but what are your chances Dirk starts coming off the bench instead of, you know, starting instead of this point? Interesting. Um, Zero chance that Dirk comes off the bench unless, and we've talked about a center, a person, a a player out there next season that could come to the Mavericks and Dirk would potentially take a backseat too. But we've already talked about that. The next question was from R. Coffers. He said, is Dennis Smith Jr. even close to six foot three? Um, Yes. He is. He's close to six foot three for sure. Me and him are about the same height. I always say that I'm six foot three, but uh, he he's probably. But I mean, it's about six three. But the difference, honestly, between six two and six three is not crazy. The difference between six four and six two is probably different. <laughs> you know, I don't think at this point we're nitpicking, and I think that Dennis Smith's vertical makes up for any kind of deficiency he has in the height area. The next question was from uh, Noonja Bees zero two. Noonjabees, do you fangirl? Do you go into fangirl mode when you talk to Dirk? This is a great question because it is one of those things where you walk in and you're just like, this God is in front of me. You know, it almost feels like that where you're just like this guy that has just been worshipped by, you know, these, you know, Dallas, you know, you guys call yourselves Dallasites? I don't know what you guys call yourselves here. Tweet me what you guys think that you guys call yourselves because it's like Los Angelinos, Cincinnatians, New Yorkers, like what do you, Chicagoans, what do you guys call Dallasites? Like Metroplexians? I don't know. So I did not I didn't grow up a Mavs fan, but I really loved Dirk Nowitzki growing up. You know, big white guy that shoots. I really <laughs> connected with that. Um it's a surreal feeling, you know, to be around Dirk Nowitzki and to talk to him and to like interact with him you know and just like have him look you in the eyes and ask you a question or like talk to him it's it's so weird and it doesn't happen very often for me I'm not like one of these guys that is a close personal relationship with Dirk or anything but just to stand next to him be around him be around him while he's laughing like laugh with him it is so weird and it's almost as if he's not a real person but <laughs> but standing in front of you obviously is next question was from OSUU Drive he said Lonzo Ball or DSJ Calling me out. He's probably he's calling me out for my Laker fandom. And I, I understand, guys. I, I understand which, where you're coming from. I'll take Dennis Smith Jr. all day. But I have definitely watched every episode of Ball and the Family, which is Lonzo Ball's family's show. It's on Facebook on Sundays. So I think Dennis Smith Jr. will be – he's definitely in a better situation. Lonzo Ball will be better at some things, obviously passing. Um, but you know, Dennis Smith Jr. I think is going to be a better player than Lonzo at this point. Uh, I just think that there's – tangible things that Dennis Smith Jr. can do that Lonzo will never be able to do. However, Lonzo has his own advantages. He's longer. He's, you know, I think better court vision at this point. Not that DSJ doesn't have good court vision. So, all right. The next question is, uh, what are your lottery standings? And it, 
where do you think the Mavericks will be, and who do you want them to take? This is my guess for lottery standings right now. I think the Bulls will be number one, then the Hawks, then the Pacers, then the Magic, then the Kings. That's your top five. Kings in the fifth spot again, but it's the lottery, so it could go all over the place. Then the Knicks, then the Nets, then the then the, no, the Knicks, then the Lakers, then the Nets, the Suns, the Pistons, and then the Mavericks at 11 at that point. The Pistons and Mavericks go back and forth. I'm not really sure, but the those nine teams, I can't see Mavericks being worse than any of those teams. It would, it would be very hard for me to see any of those teams being better than the Mavericks. And at that point, it's too far out for me. I haven't done any draft research or anything, but I would want them to win the lottery and take Luka Doncic. That's what I really want them to do. All right. Next question was not really a question. It was from Comp14. He said, not a question. Please change your Twitter name. Keep up the good work. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Not going to change up my Twitter name. I think it's going to stick around for a little while. Uh, I might change it on the season opener. It just depends. Um, the next question was also from OSUU Drive. This is the last one I'm going to get to because I thought it was great. Um, if the Mavericks are playing the Lakers in the conference finals, who are you cheering for? <laughs> Calling out again, my Lakers fandom. Uh, at this point in where I am in life and what I'm trying to do, you know, I, I want to get into this. I want to, you know, be in NBA media. I want to be covering teams. I want to, you know, go out and do this. I would be all for the Mavericks beating the Lakers in the conference finals because I want to cover a finals game. I want to go to a finals game, be at a, a finals game, never been to one before. I don't think I've ever been to a playoff game, to be honest. I didn't even go when the Mavericks were in the playoffs, you know, two years ago. Want to cover a finals game, want to be at a playoff game, just want that. Uh, also, the Lakers have won five titles in my lifetime, so we're okay for now. All right, this is actually the last question I'm going to get to. Electra Cute asked me this question. Any chance we could land Chris Bosh? The answer is no. And uh, there's some pretty obvious reasons for that. He is no longer in the NBA. He has blood clot issues, and he was deemed medically unable to play in the NBA. So my question back to Electra Cute was, in the front office? So there you go. That's some. That's probably about half of the questions I got in the Reddit AMA. Go check that out. I will post the link on the Mavs Moneyball post that I usually post with these, um, with these locked on podcasts. And after we take a break right here, we are going to be talking to Matt Wynn. He is writing this new blog and he's talking all about injuries. And so we wanted to give a little bit more in depth on what Seth Curry is going through right now with this injury he's dealing with. So after this, after this break, let's talk to Matt. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. In three, two, all right, and I'm here now with Matt Wynn. Uh, I found him on the Mavericks subreddit where I find a lot of good things. Every once in a while I'll come across, you know, a Sotnam shame event or somebody that just says something stupid, but I, I find some good stuff on there every once in a while. And Matt Wynn is definitely one of those things. He is a uh, licensed physical therapist, and I wanted to talk to him about Seth Curry's injury and potentially injuries going through the future. Uh, his blog is mavsbeat.wordpress.com, where he talks about you know Seth's injury with diagrams and things like that and other examples. Uh, Matt, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me. It's uh, it's good to have you. 
And be- mostly because I don't know anything about the human body. I feel like I just go through life and I don't know the last time I've been to the doctor. I just feel like I go through life and just exist as a human. But that's probably just being a 20-something, you know. You just like you don't go to the doctor. You just kind of let stuff happen to you. I'm like, this kind of hurts, but it's going to be fine. You know, the next day I wake up and it's okay. Um, <laughs> so talk to me about Seth Curry's injury. So it's called a stress reaction. Explain to me the difference between a stress reaction and like a fracture or like just shin splints. Like what's the difference between those three? Well, uh, with shin splints, that's probably the, the, the lowest level. It's like the muscles are probably pretty tight or you didn't stretch, you know, correctly so that, you know, it's uh, inflamed and you probably just need a, a week or two off from whatever activity you're doing. Uh, with a stress reaction, that's kind of like the step right before a stress fracture. So um, Seth was, you know, just ramping up his activity, just getting ready for the season. And, um, well, your bone, it's supposed to remodel as, you know, you put all this pressure onto your bone. So at a certain point, um, that remodeling, it just doesn't keep up with the amount of stress you're putting onto your uh, bone. And in this case, it was uh, Seth's tibia, which is basically your shin bone. Um, so at that point, uh, you know, Seth just needed to take some time off or else – you know, it can lead to a fracture. So is this kind of like a glow stick? Like, you know, you have a glow stick and you kind of like bend it and it sometimes it doesn't break. Like you can bend it a certain degree and then all of a sudden it just kind of breaks and there's just that like reaction to it. I mean, it's not that severe, I guess, where it's broken, but it's, it's on the bone, right? And it's just sort of bending and it'll, the bone will give, but then eventually now he's just gone a little too far with it. Right. I mean, the bones in your body, they, they all have a little bit of give. If they didn't, you would probably literally able to break every bone in your body at some point you know just walking um but yeah a little bit of load on the bone um and then you know that that much force like it just the bone remodeling didn't catch up to uh to the 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 pressure so you have to kind of take days off too like you can't just keep going and going and going eventually you have to give your body some rest is that that's super important with this specific kind of injury Right. Um, yeah, if Seth were to just kind of keep playing, and I, I think I read somewhere that, you know, he actually felt something in his leg coming on, but he kept going. Um, Interesting. I mean, I've done that before in the past, and I just kind of play through it. But uh, to Seth's extent, he was just ramping it up. And, you know, with NBA players, it's kind of different from your um, your weekend warrior. I mean, they're, they're this is their job. So they're working out, you know, to earn their money. Yeah. Oh, I mean, definitely. You have guys that they're literally fighting for a spot. Like we just, you know, we, I actually haven't talked to Isaac about this, but I'll celebrate with you that, uh, Jean Clavel Jiverson made it, made it on the the Mavericks. And that was just a guy that was just working super hard to try to just make a job, like try to get a job, you know, it's just such a, a weird scenario. So, um, going forward for Seth, what is, I mean, a timetable for a normal injury like this, what is like, you know, what does he have to do? What are the steps that he takes to, to try to get back from this? Is it literally just stay off your feet or is there other things that he can do? So uh, typical timeline for a stress reaction, it's about three to four weeks. Um, right now, I uh, read that Seth is jogging in an underwater treadmill just so uh, that he can at least keep his cardio up uh, without putting as much, um, you know, weight bearing on his legs. Right. Um, of course, he's probably still hitting the weights uh, with the upper body and stuff too. But yeah, he's gonna have to stay off of the, you know, the max exertion, you know, basketball type activities for now. You said three to four weeks. Is that like, dang, that is, 
That's a long. <laughs> that's a longer time than they said. Yeah, you think I'm it's probably... maybe maybe a little more minor than you know what a normal thing you're thinking. In I mean, case? this can be as minor as he makes it. Um, if if he comes back too soon, uh, there's a possibility that can he, he can flare it back up and you know miss more time. Interesting. The example that you gave in your blog, which the blog again is uh, mavsbeat.wordpress, is um is Drew Holiday, and you said in in 2014-15 he had a similar kind of injury like this. What did what did Drew Holiday go through, and what did that look like for him? Right. So uh, yeah, in 2014-15, um, he uh, had a stress reaction in his tibia as well. Uh, the team doc said two to four weeks. He missed about a month, so he used all four of the weeks. The the tail end of the uh, prediction there um he came back and then he had a setback uh which then he missed another three more weeks so he ended up missing 42 games so a little bit more than half that season yeah and he, he's now looked at a guy and, and isaac and i talked about him all summer as a guy that's you know has dealt with injuries and that was just another one and this was you know one of these things that we don't want seth to end up being that kind of guy a setback what does that what does that look like is it literally just the reaction happening again is it just he feels you know some i don't know looseness or what do you even call that yeah. like what is a what does a setback look like for this kind of injury yeah so um i said earlier that seth had started feeling it earlier when he was you know working out and stuff right. a setback would probably means he starts to feel it again in his leg and at that point uh i would hope that either him or you know, the trainer with the Mavs says, like, hey, let's just shut it down before it gets any worse. Interesting. Ah, just this is this is so tough because this is not a break, you know? Like, yeah. It's different than, you know, you have this timetable, you come back, and everything's good. This is one of those, like, you know, they talk about the difference between strains and breaks and how you kind of want the, you know, the clean break <laughs> to come back right. from instead of the, uh, the strain. Why is it hard to come back from an injury like this? Man, it's just uh, it's just your body process at that point. Uh, you're just banking on you know your your bone growth to, to to you know to just catch up with the amount of stress you're about to put back on your body, especially as a you know a high level athlete like Seth is. I mean, with a break, you actually have a timeline. Doctors can either do surgery or they can just cast it up, and you know they have a little bit uh, more knowledge on exactly when they can return. But uh, yeah, with this kind of stuff, it's just uh, almost a week to week injury after, you know, the four weeks is up of him resting. Dang. Well, Matt, you did not make me feel better about this. <laughs> hey, I don't feel good about reporting this. So, <laughs> <laughs> but at least we, we have a better understanding of it. Uh, the blog is Mavs beat. The Twitter account is at underscore underscore Matt W I N win. Uh, Matt, you're a winner in my book. Thanks so much for joining us on the lockdown Mavs. Hey, thanks man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. All right. Talk to you later.